What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. We'll be talking about what's happening with the MCU. Kevin Feige did a pretty uh, expansive interview with comicbook.com about the future of the MCU, uh, what we can expect after uh, Far From Home and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, Avengers Endgame. And other other little nuggets uh, in regards to what's happening over at Marvel. Also on the show, Army Hammer. Will he or will he not be the Batman? That seems to be the question for the week. There were early reports saying that he was definitely going to be the Batman. Now things are looking a lot less likely that he's going to be the Batman. Also, uh, some interesting news on what exactly we can expect from this version of Batman in this movie being directed by Matt Reeves. And... Ezra Miller gives us an update on The Flash, a project that seemed very much up in the air in, in recent weeks with a lot of the, uh, the the talk about pretty much every other DC movie imaginable except for this movie and whether or not we were even going to see this movie seemed to be a major question. So Ezra Miller gives an update on that project. We got some big show recaps this week. We're doing Gotham. We're doing The Gifted, which has a season finale uh, next week or in a couple of days, and, uh, and Doom Patrol. In the second episode, an episode that introduced us to Cyborg. So this should be a great show. Hope you guys will enjoy it. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, uh, you pointed us before we started the show to a trailer for The Cloak and Dagger Season mm-hmm. 2. I did not even realize this trailer came out. Uh, and I don't really put that on Cloak and Dagger or Marvel. It's just there's so much happening uh with this stuff that it's hard to kind of keep up with everything but there was a cloaking dagger trail i did just see it so i have my thoughts on it but what do you think of the new cloaking dagger trail i liked it i'm looking forward to season two i'm glad we're getting it seems like every single uh similar to last season seemed like every episode they get closer and closer to actually being cloaking dagger hmm. you know it seems like this season they're going to actually that tyrone is actually going to start you know doing some heroing so to speak and that that's going to cause some tension. Um, and it looks like there's going to be some interesting conflicts with that with that police officer uh, who's going to end up, I guess, losing control. So, um, so yeah, it looks like it's going to be good. It's look, and I really like that they that they they're really using um, uh, they're t- really taking advantage of New Orleans as a setting. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. You know, similar to how in the MCU and like the Marvel Netflix shows, they take advantage of New York. You know, so I think that's really cool. You know, and I am very much looking forward to the season. Kenzo, what did you make of the season two trailer for Cloak and Dagger? Yeah, yeah, I just saw it too. Did not know this even came out, but uh, I'll be honest, that was a uh, I thought that was a pretty boring trailer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't get much. Like, I, I felt like, I mean, remember when we saw the trailer last season and we were like, that was kind of boring. You didn't feel like a superhero show. Yeah. We so we ended up watching the show and it eventually started to progress to where I was like, all right, I understand. Like, I understand what the show is about. But I feel like, I don't say it took steps back, but I feel like they ended on a pretty interesting note. And now they're, I feel like they went back to like more boring stuff. And I'm like. I, I imagine that the show that it, when you watch it, the way it unfolds will be interesting. But um, I don't know. It was just a lot of a lot of a lot of talking, not a whole lot of action, not a whole lot of uh, you know superhero. Didn't have a, a superhero feel to it, but uh, very very dramatic. Um, so I don't know. I wasn't really feeling it. 
Uh, so I guess now I'm breaking the tie. I, I thought it was okay. Um, I, 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 I see Kendall's point in that, you know, it felt like a step backwards in some ways. And, and while I don't know if I was necessarily bored, I think there was action. I think my concern was, I think the, the pull for last season was the personal, how personal the story was for Candy and for Tyrone. Um, they, they, they really, and I think that's, that's kind of why I think the trailers last year probably felt flat because you can't really tell that in a trailer. You know, unless mm-hmm. you want to just give away the whole story. And I would argue maybe they could have given away a lot of, of like, their backstory. Like, we didn't have to know everything that they that they displayed. They could have mentioned more about how Tyrone's brother was killed and a police-involved shooting. and uh, Or I, I, was the police involved? I don't remember. Yeah, it was police involved. Yeah, correct. Uh, police right. Um, and that Candy had, you know, a family, had, had, you know, a dad who was killed and then had these drug uh, drug problems and things like that. I think those are things that, some of the stuff they could have teased a little better, I think, in the last trailer. That show was a lot realer than I think a lot of us expected because I didn't think they showed us any of that. So this season, I think the challenge is, okay, they kind of tied up a lot of the loose ends and the knots in regards to the personal struggles these two individuals had. What do you do now to make this story remain the personal feel that we had last year and this story that they're telling so far doesn't didn't feel very personal it felt very well now we're just doing stuff so now we're we're fighting human sex traffickers now we're fighting uh now mayhem who was our friend but now is you know it's turned into a murdering uh a murdering vigilante i guess i i don't know i just i i think that i didn't i felt very detached from the characters in this trailer and a show like this is never, to me, going to deliver on action. So an action-y trailer is not going to do it for me, I think, for something like this. Not for the show that they're making. You could make it a Cloak and Dagger action-packed show. But this is not. They don't, they're not trying to make that kind of show. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to hit me with a little bit more tension, a little bit more drama. I didn't really get any of that in this. And I, I also, I don't really... I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to like the direction of... Uh, that cop, you know, I don't think I'm gonna like that story. So I don't know. We'll see. I can't say I won't, or I can't say I don't like. The, I was I, a little I surprised because, like, like, when we last saw her, I mean, she was like a swamp thing person, <laughs> like. So and then, and then, and they show her get out. I'm like, okay, and then like then she's like wearing regular clothes. She looks normal. She's yeah, like, do, like still doing police work, and I'm like, a, oh, I thought this was gonna be a lot more of a you know a, a, of an extreme turn. Yeah, that that's a that's a classic, especially TV trope. Kind of like uh, we talked about with what's him called with Jigsaw, mm, <laughs> you right. know, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, oh I thought he was gonna be, you know, completely yeah. mangled, and, and, you know, things kind of fix themselves a little bit, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, they realize they want to sign the actor again. They're not gonna. Yeah, happen. exactly. The actor's know. like, I gotta get more gigs. I can't look a certain way. I get my face out there. Um, but we'll be watching it regardless as we watch all these shows. I, I think Cloak and Dagger was a, a unheralded show last year. I thought it actually was pretty decent. Um, one of the unsung heroes, I think, in regards to superhero shows. So we'll be paying attention. Uh, Shamari liked the trailer. Me and Kendall, not as hot on it. I didn't think it was terrible, but, um, you know, the trailer's got to pull me for something. And nothing pulled me with this. The pull is that it's season two, and, and I, I'm going to watch because I watched this show. But right. This definitely I, felt like a trailer that was like, if you liked it last season, you know, you'll watch it again. But I don't. You're not pulling any view, like, new viewers with that trailer. Yeah, people are like, oh, I got to see season one. This looks pretty crazy. Yeah, no. I don't know. That's, that we're not pulling anyone with that, so that, and that's a problem, I think, because I I don't know what ratings that show did, but I think that's the show you kind of have to try to keep perpetually trying to bring people, in, and they didn't do that at all. 
But that, that's that's enough of uh, uh, the stuff with Cloak and Dagger. Let's talk about the rest of the show. Let's begin with uh with what's going to happen with the Marvel Universe uh, post um post Star uh, Spider Man Far From Home post uh, Avengers Endgame. Kevin Feige did a, a pretty extensive interview with uh, ComicBook.com, and in speaking with them, he basically laid out that the plan is going to be really to not reveal anything. In regards to what movies are going to be coming up until after uh, Far From Home. So in that discussion, he said, uh, quote, uh, as we've been doing for years and we aren't as we've been done for years, we aren't going to announce anything post Avengers Endgame or Spider-Man Far From Home until post Endgame and Spider-Man. As you know, as a fan, there is a tremendous amount of potential and a tremendous amount of additional characters and storylines and groups of characters that we are going to keep playing with. And again, that's a testament to the Marvel to Marvel and to the amount of storylines and characters and amazing, uh, amazing runs that have been in the Marvel comics. Uh, and when uh, pressed about uh, the X-Men and Fantastic Four in regards to uh, what will happen with them and whether or not because of their additions we may see more films per year, Feige uh, kind of made it clear that as of right now the plan is still to do two movies per year. So he said, we've always said there are no mandates to make any more than two films a year, but as we've seen uh, the last couple of years when it naturally happens and when there are ideas uh, and when there are teams ready to go, we're not going to hold something back. So a uh, diplomatic actor to say the least, but he didn't sound like someone that was saying, oh, no, as soon as we get these characters in, we're, we're going to drive stuff home. And I think a lot of things will have to be put into place. He also mentioned that uh, what went after Home Far From Home and after Endgame, there won't be a, a just a full on explain everything for the next five years in terms of uh, the, the the movies that will be coming out. He says that they'll probably only do uh, some of that, some of the movies that are coming. They're not going to give out the whole treasure chest. So, uh, mm-hmm. these initial comments, Shamari, what do you make of them? Um, I mean, it, I, I'm fine with it. It actually got me excited because um, now I know that after Far From Home comes out, or uh, you know, we could even wait, We maybe even... Um, uh, if Marvel has a presence at a, a San Diego Comic Con, you know, if Marvel has a presence at San Diego Comic Con. We will we will have seen Endgame, so we will know what the universe looks like post, uh, uh, you know, post Endgame. Sure. So maybe you know during San Diego during uh, San Diego Comic Con, they say, oh, okay, well we're having a panel, Marvel MCU panel, and they just lay it out. They announce the next few projects that they're having. Um, you know, and or they announce it before then to in preparation for the panel. I mean, I don't, we don't know exactly how they're going to do this, but you know, I think that that it's exciting that um, Feige is basically confirming for us that we're going to hear something very soon. <laughs> yeah, very soon after. So he's like, after those movies, you're going to hear something, which makes sense because they're going to want to keep people, you know, involved and keep people keep people excited. So, so that's very exciting. Um, you know, two movies a year sounds about right. I mean, that's about what we've been getting feels like, um, these past few years. So, um, so yeah, that's exciting. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this is, this is, uh, some pretty exciting news. So I'm happy to hear it. Kendall, uh, what do you make of, of Feige's uh, outlook on where, uh, the Marvel Universe will stand? Uh, as of now, with nothing being revealed until after Far From Home, and then the plan to still do two movies per year uh, post Far From Home. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, they, there's, this, there's this idea that, yeah, we're not going to, um, we're not going to reveal these movies that I'll see until after Spider-Man Far From Home. And he then backtracked and said, but we're not going to do all, we're not going to reveal all of them anyway. We're only going to reveal a, a portion of them, which almost makes me think that they may reveal the obvious ones, mm-hmm. you know, like. I'm sure they'll they'll reveal Guardians three. They'll they'll announce Black Panther two, uh, Doctor Strange two, uh, and Black Widow. Um, I guess in theory those haven't been announced. You know, those no, none of these are, movies, none of these movies have been announced by Marvel. Yeah, you know, there've been reports there. I mean, they're talking about it pretty publicly, but <laughs> they they haven't <laughs> they haven't officially announced them. So um, I expect that to happen, um, and that's what. It's three, four movies right there. It's four movies right there. So, uh, you take those, um, and then you look at, I mean, there may be, I would guess there'd be another Avengers movie coming out at some point. Uh, I would guess also the, the, uh, Eternals. Yeah. Also, there's also another one that has been announced. That's five. Shang-Chi. Um, yeah, Shang-Chi is another one that has been reported that hasn't been announced at six. Um, so I would think those are probably the ones that you will get initially, and there's probably something that's going to come out of Endgame that I think will also be a movie. I don't know what it is. Um, could be uh, Nova. Could be <laughs> Young Avengers. Could be you know a Secret Avengers team or something like that. I don't know, but I would be I would I would be surprised if there isn't some development in Endgame that also is something we're not thinking about, but. I don't know if it's going to be... I don't think there are going to be too many surprises when they announce their, uh, their next sleep. Yeah, I think I think, um, I think think it would make sense for them to try to maybe not give away everything. Uh, I think that I agree with Kendall that I expect them to maybe hear, uh, maybe do, you know, Black Widow, Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2. Um, but I think that there may... I agree that I think there are movies that have not been mentioned yet that are definitely in their plans that we won't hear about uh, maybe a nova um maybe a young avengers uh and i think th- i think that they are definitely planning something with the x-men and fantastic four too i was just about know. to ask that do you think we'll hear anything regarding x-men or fantastic four i don't think we'll hear anything immediately uh not in terms of a movie now my thing is i always have felt like I, I've always felt like the Fantastic Four especially made most sense being introduced into someone else's movie. I've always thought Black Panther. But, um, and I'm going to stick with that. That would make the most sense for Marvel to do it that way. I don't know if you can just decide we're just going to do a Fantastic Four movie again and people are going to... People are going to buy into it because it's Marvel Studios, but I, I just think that they were smart with how they did Spider-Man. They were smart with how they did Black Panther. I think it would be smart for them to do the same thing with uh, with uh, the Fantastic Four. Now, the X-Men are a little trickier because there, you know, there are a lot of them. You know, Fantastic Four are four, but like, the X-Men are more than four members almost in every team you could think of. So even the earliest ones. So I think that that's something where that's a little harder to do, uh, put them into another movie. Now, maybe you put them... Uh, pit them against the Avengers. I don't know if AVX seems very early to do something like that, but maybe that is something that they want to do to try to introduce them. 
But uh, but I I feel like we won't get anything in regards to it, a Fantastic Four movie announcement. But could we learn very soon that the Fantastic Four are going to be in Black Panther or uh, you know, will Doctor Doom be in uh, Doctor Strange potentially? That I think we Reed could Richards. hear. Yeah, yeah, or Reed Richards. I think that's something that I could see being revealed fairly soon. That wouldn't shock me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I mean. I think we could. I think we could hear. I think we're gonna hear something. Honestly, I think we're gonna hear something this year, um, and because DC is has gaining momentum, you know, DC and Sony, you know, um, which I mean they work with Sony, but but they're gaining momentum. I think you know lately Marvel has kind of been, they've been kind of riding this riding this ship. You know, they like right. they've been heading this it's ship. Almost like a monopoly. It's a monopoly. There's just you want superheroes. Yeah. MCU <laughs> is where you're gonna get it. You know, so, um, so I mean, I think they're gonna try to to take that energy back. Yeah, I think you know, as good as Endgame and Captain Marvel and Far From Home may be, I think announcing that would completely take that energy back. Hmm. Uh. Uh, Kendall, any, any, uh, what do you think of the Kevin Feige also mentioning that, you know, obviously one of these movies that will be coming out is uh, Black Panther, I mean, excuse me, uh, Black Widow. Um, he says that movie never had, there never was in their plan to be radar. That was kind of the news we've been hearing recently that this movie perhaps could be Marvel's first uh, rated R movie. He says that those rumors were unsubstantiated. He said it was, quote, never going to be. Somebody writes, I hear it's R-rated, and then everybody writes it up. Um, but he says that, that that's that's not the case. So, uh, do you think that makes sense for them, Kendall, to uh, to make Black Widow a non-rated R movie? Uh, I I mean, when we talked about this before, I feel like I I, I said that I think it would be rated R. Uh-huh. Um. Only because, like, I think, like, when you look at, like, the, you know, financial, it was kind of the same deal with Venom. I mean, you'd be cutting yourself off from a lot of, a lot of dollars, uh, especially, I mean, like I said, you're talking about, the, you know, in terms of the Avenger squad, it, I mean, she's the one female Avenger. I mean, I guess not just uh, Scarlet Witch, but she's your one original female Avenger, and... You know, now you have Captain Marvel, but now she's Black Widow's getting her own movie. Um, I, I'm not going to say it was kind of a bad message, but I think you're, it's a missed opportunity to, to, you know, market this to all women out there of all ages mm-hmm. by making it rated R. Uh, I do understand for story purposes, absolutely. It's probably would be best suited for it to be rated R, but from Marvel and Disney's perspective, I mean, I completely understand it. I think that's probably, even if he didn't say it, I think that's sort of what Kevin Feige's alluding to. He said the WWE rated R. It's like, you know, there are business reasons why we can't, we weren't going to make it rated R. I'm sure, he, I'm sure they, I'm sure he could tell a great rated R Black Widow story. I and mean, we talked about for a lot of reasons why that would make sense. But, uh, yeah, I certainly understand it. And I don't have a huge problem because that's where they've been this whole time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not as if like, oh, they're softening their movies up. Sure. It, you know, they've. 
I'm sure this will be probably one of the darker MCU movies anyway, so I'm not not concerned. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that they can Shamari push the uh, they can push the PG thirteen envelope uh, with this movie. You know, PG thirteen you can go pretty far. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be rated R. I don't think I believe Feige that this was never. He said it never was going to be. I don't know if I believe him that if he's trying to suggest that it was never discussed. I don't believe him. Mm. Oh no, absolutely. Because even his answer says. Uh, somebody writes, I hear it's rated R, and everybody writes it up. It suggests that someone heard it from somewhere. <laughs> they didn't hear it from out of nowhere. Uh, so I, I think that his it's never going to it was never going to be line. I think it was him embellishing a little bit and him trying to maybe quelch uh, rumors about oh well if this is rated R. Well maybe we'll get Wolverine rated R. Maybe we'll get something else rated R. I think he I think he wants to get ahead of any of those other things by maybe trying to get ahead of this saying we flirted with that idea but we're not doing that and i don't want to have this discussion with every you know fringe character we may come up with in regards to uh, movies and you yeah, know he got a call from Iger. <laughs> Iger was like stop it squash this right now <laughs> he's like i got frozen 2 coming out i don't need this, this these questions about my other disney movies um i i think i i i think that this was discussed uh i think they decided whoever decided it very well could have been the, the executive he said that let's not do this I think the decision was made, but I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that. Oh, this was never discussed on any mm, terms. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I don't believe that either. Um, and I agree with you, Jeremy. I think they can push the envelope. What made me think, I'm, and what makes me not worry about this at all, is the fact that they did Winter Soldier so well. Mm. You know, because that was a very dark storyline. Intense. Yeah, that was a very dark storyline. Not only in the Winter Soldier movie, but also in Civil War. Yeah, that was real. That was really dark stuff. Yeah. And that was all PG-13. <laughs> yeah. They didn't need an R rating to do that. So they could do similar stuff with the Black Widow movie. And it could be a complete success. And still be as intense. And as... And at some at times hard to watch. Mm. You know. Um, so yeah, I'm not worried about this movie. At all. I mean, I think I think Scar- Scarlett Johansson has this, this role down at, at this point. And... Um, you know, uh, I, I think the fact that he's so adamant about it is is a good sign because it, it shows that they know exactly what they want to do, and they're confident that it not being rated it not being rated R is not going to be a hindrance whatsoever. Trying last thing on this uh, on this Guardian on this uh, Feige interview, he also uh, very much downplayed uh, James Gunn's influence on the Marvel Universe moving forward. Mm-hmm. He talked about, you know, you know, a lot of the questions have been about, you know, oh, well, they're using gun script. Like, I'm sure, like, a lot of uh, what he was trying to build for Marvel's cosmic universe, you know, will be still uh, a factor in, in Marvel's future plannings. And Feige pretty much says that the fans and people who have been making uh, Gunn to be a, quote, architect of uh, across multiple cosmic things, he says uh, that notion was slightly blown out of proportion. Do you think that this is damage control and him trying to get ahead of the storyline of oh you know this is you know Marvel executing Gunn's plan? Do you think or do you think that he is actually accurate in that we we have been kind of uh, blowing out of proportion uh, Gunn's role in how he was gonna you know how Marvel's gonna move forward cosmically? Because he says his influence was Guardians and it was Guardians pretty much alone. And that he put his input in on Avengers Endgame, uh, Infinity War, but that that was it. Has anyone said that that 
Gunn was an ar- architect of the MCU. Has anyone? I don't think ever, anyone like, from Marvel. I feel like that has been a thing that fans have thought. Yeah, there was a um, Gunn, like in I want to say in like 2017, like after Guardians Two came out, he had a quote where he 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 was asked by uh, I want to say the Hollywood Reporter or this is a Hollywood Reporter article. He was like. They, they asked him about uh, mystery projects uh, after Guardians 3, and he was like, those scripts are already in the works. Kevin and I talk about it all the time. We just had a meeting today discussing what is the next iteration of cosmic characters mm. and what <laughs> are the characters that we've already created going to go uh, in the next batch of films. Well, thank so, you, Kendall, for having the receipts. <laughs> James Gunn, so James Gunn himself is the source saying, you know, he, that he had ideas that he'd been talking to Feige about the future of the the cosmic MCU. Yeah, I mean, and look, and I'm glad you pulled that out, Kendall. Um, I think it's obvious, you know, Iger gave Feige a phone call. And was <laughs> gave like, his marching orders. And was like, listen, <laughs> you you need to squash this, all this James Gunn. Anything James Gunn, he don't exist no more. He was never, <laughs> he, he was in the snap. Guardians. He was in the Thanos snap. <laughs> he was a part of the snap. He was, a, he did Guardians. He helped with, with you know, Infinity War a little bit. That's it. And clearly that's not true. You know, clearly that's um, that's not the case. And I think the fact that they're so fervently against it is, it makes me believe that that's not the case. Right. They're telling them themselves <laughs> you know? by just how they're acting. Yeah, like, it's it, it, it's weird. That they, it they'd be so adamant about it, you know? Like, why, yeah, is, it, that, why is that something they're running away from? <laughs> Well, yeah, we know why they run away from. It. Well, yeah, we know why, but it's just like it's clearly damage control. Yeah, it makes you, it makes it look worse that they're doing it. So yeah, aggressive. it looks like it's just damage control. What, like, yeah, I mean, I think this is weird because, I mean, look, obviously now he's not, he's a rival at this point. <laughs> you know, he, that's true. You, he went to the rival squad, so you know, if they want to take any amount of pull away from him, they they will. But it doesn't feel. It, it feels like it didn't. It felt. I don't say he felt personal, but it felt like he didn't want to give James Gunn any credit for anything that's going to happen in the future. Maybe, maybe he's just being realistic. Maybe he's like, you know, I, I mean, Kevin Feige knows more than I do about him, so maybe he's just telling me what's happening. But it just felt like, you know, James Gunn. We all had the we all had the notion now. Yeah, James Gunn probably knows, you know, what they're going to do with Nova, or if they're going to do something with Howard the Duck, or. You know any character they introduce in that cosmic realm, uh, Adam Warlock, but um, like I almost feel like I don't know if this was smart from Kevin Feige's perspective because I don't know if we always had this this uh, stereotype, this notion about the MCU that you know Kevin Feige kind of does everything, mm. and that filmmakers kind of just they drive a bus that's already you know it's already running, it's already driving. You know, and they're not really doing much. Kevin Feige's the one at the wheel, and you have a guy James Gunn that's going over to Warner Brothers, and they're they've been the they've been Mister Creative Control to their filmmakers, mm-hmm. um, as we saw with Aquaman, and now they're making another James Wan Aquaman movie with the Trench, and they're giving him his own universe. I, like, how are filmmakers going to feel about you know? Kevin Feige saying, no, nah, uh, done. No, nah, I mean, he did a little bit with Guardians and a little bit with Avengers. We talked to him a little bit with Avengers, but right. he didn't have much. He had no input in any of this. Trust me. And I'm like, 
I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the best look for Kevin Feige in Marvel Studios. Kendall, uh, are you trying? Are you trying to say that if you don't want the producer all up in the videos dancing, <laughs> go to DC? Is that is that is that what you tell is that we is that what you telling directors in Hollywood, Kendall? Is that you don't want the producer all up in the videos to go to DC? That's what it that's sounds like. That's what it sounds like. You're telling what it me. Sounds like man, you know, <laughs> I mean, like I don't know. It, look, it may not matter because they're Marvel Studios, right? People are gonna do or people are gonna do their movies, but uh, it, 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 that doesn't sound like a very director friendly comment. This is a very interesting segment we've had uh, before we move on because I, you know, I think if people listen to our show, they probably feel like we have a Marvel slight. But I mean, we've been hammering Kevin Feige in this segment, kinda, uh, and I'm gonna hammer him a, a little bit one more time. And I don't really mean to hammer him because uh, he's awesome, but and I, and I say this with all due respect, but I don't agree with Shamari that these are likely marching orders from DC. Um. I look at this and I say, look, I kind of get that a lot of people who are successful have egos. I think this is Kevin. So a lot of this, I think, is Kevin Feige's ego. He said he used the word architect. The only time I've ever heard the word architect used in the Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, or Marvel Studio context is talking about him. It's right. the only time I've ever heard anyone use the word architect. In regard, which is why, you know, Shamari asking the question, who is saying he's this architect? No one is saying that. But that even that word, in terms of anything regarding Marvel, always been used for Kevin. So I'm sure for Kevin, he, he, he knows what he's built. He knows the kind of work he's put in there. And he knows the reputation he had that Kendall has just put out. That everything goes to Kevin. I think he likes it that way because he, he's made Disney a lot of money. He's made Marvel a lot of money. He's made himself a lot of money. I don't think that from him, his standpoint, he wants us thinking that everything that happens cosmic is just James Gunn's work. He doesn't want to be, you know, Barry Switzer coaching, uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson's Cowboys team to that third championship. He wants to know, I'm the coach winning the championship. This isn't someone else's players and someone else's team. It's still my team. And I think this is a little bit of ego because like you guys said, like you guys are all saying the points that make to me point directly to Kevin Feige himself feeling this way and wanting to kind of quelch all the, the gun stuff is that he, he seems to be doing a lot of extra stuff to, to dismiss gun. I mean, I know he, he, he he's a look, he has a, a big shadow. I mean, what he created with Guardians was massive. It's one of the most lucrative movie franchises we have in Hollywood. But at the same time, He's gone. And I think that, you know, while that was a big storyline and we talked about it every day, I don't think people now are talking about James Gunn every week to where he had to even make these comments. I know he's doing an interview and he's asked a, a, he was asked a very wide-ranging amount of questions, clearly, by all the stuff we've touched on just by this interview. But, um, yeah, it definitely seemed like he leaned into that gun has nothing to do with anything Marvel anymore thing a little harder than he had to, uh, especially with the way the rest of the people who worked at Marvel, especially, obviously, people on the Guardians cast, Speak so fondly of him and what and and so fondly of his influence. That was I, it's weird that the suit is like man, that guy has no influence. Like I'm like his whole staff and crew talked about how great he's been and the influence he's left on them. And you're just saying nope that that is not true. I'm like eh, I, I I think this is Feige's ego talking to him a little bit. And I get it. I I get it. I'm just saying I'm just call a spade a spade. Mm. I mean I I, I mean I. 
I'm sure his ego has something to do with it. <laughs> um, you know, I I tend to think the suits also have a lot to do with it. The suits over I over fight mm-hmm. fight, namely Iger and and any of the other shareholders and all. <laughs> you know, because I I think it's just also a bad look to have some this guy that just left. Or rather, you was fired. removed. Yeah, you fired him. You know, um, who is now working for the other team. And they're asking you, oh, so what about his influence? You know, <laughs> what about everything that he's done here? And you're still using his 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 script. And you're still using his. And now they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, now they're going to try to be like, no, it's awesome. Da, da, da. It's typical, like, business, like, you know, suits trying to justify their decision and minimize the effect that the creator you know, has. Yeah, and minimize the effect that this guy had. And, yeah. You know, that's kind of what this looks like to me. That is very much a unfortunate, very much a corporate. That is a corporate look. That yeah. uh, damn the creator, we are the ones who. Yeah. We are the ones who are the reason why this is happening, not the creators. Yeah. That's not. That's a, a, a that's an age old tale. That's not new. So I, I get you on that. That makes sense. It would be very consistent with what we've seen from all corporations. But. I, again, I just thought if I he leaned into that, and maybe he leaned to it because his boss had told him to. But I, mm-hmm. again, you use the word architect, and I'm like, the only time I've ever heard that word is about you, and you're the one saying he's not the architect. I feel like there's something us afoot mm-hmm. in terms of those uh, comments. But let's move on. Let's talk about the Batman. So it's been a while. Oh, it hasn't been a while. We've actually been talking about this a lot. So I take that back. It's been. I feel like we've been talking about the Batman a lot. Sometimes, some weeks we've actually not included the Batman because it's just been. You could talk about the Batman every week. Uh, but this week, things got hot because earlier in the week, there was word that Army Hammer was in uh, late talks to, um, or final talks to actually sign on to be the Batman in Matt Reeves' movie, which everyone keeps saying is the Batman, but I don't think we even know if that's still the title. That was Ben Affleck's title, but we just keep calling that project the Batman. Regardless, uh, Hammer was supposedly very close to signing. And then Hammer actually came out himself and said that that was not true, that not only was he not close to signing, but that no one in connection with Warner Brothers or DC had even reached out to him to discuss the movie. So I did think it was ironic that he didn't know. I heard the movie, the script's being written, but that the movie's still early in development. So I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> no one's talked to you, but you know that the script's being written, and you know the movie's in early development. Maybe, I mean, look, he's in Hollywood. He could have agents talking to people, but I did I did, th- I did, take note of that comment. That was very weird to be like, I've never talked to anyone about that movie that I know is being written and close in development. Either that means he wants that project real bad, or he's been talking to people. Because he's certainly been paying attention. Anyway, uh, Hammer, so right as of right now, not uh, in the fold yet as the Batman uh, the Hollywood Reporter saying that that report from Revenge of the Fans is, is false and that uh, they right now aren't really close to casting a Batman even to this point. But they also add some interesting nuggets about what exactly Matt Reeves is looking for uh, in the man who plays Bruce Wayne. So uh, Hammer is 32 years old. Reed, Reeves is reportedly actually looking for someone a little younger, someone probably in their late 20s. He says They say this iteration of Batman, quote, won't be a straight-up rookie a la the Cape Crusader and Frank Miller's uh, Batman Year One, but he won't be the expert, undefeatable crime fighter of a Batman at his peak. So, I'll toss this one to you, Sham. Uh, what do you make of the Hammer discussions, non-discussions, and then this uh, just, uh, uh, information about 
the kind of actor and the kind of Batman Reeves wants for this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a sign of, you know, us having to take all these stories with a gigantic grain of salt. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, these people, a lot of them make these reports and it's just, I heard this from a, from a guy. That's, I mean, I, I mean, really, that's all it boils <laughs> yeah, down this, to. This is it. I heard this, I know a guy that works in Hollywood, he said this <laughs> about the Batman. And now it's all over the internet, you know? So, I mean, that's what uh, that's what a lot of these reports are. And then you have to have these actors come out themselves and say, no, it's not true. You know? To the point where we're getting confirmations that someone's cast, and he has to come out and say, no, that's not true. You know? So, yeah, I think the reporting... I think the reporting on the superhero movie beat is continuing to grow, but it's still in its infancy. So, therefore, we get these, like, massive misfires yeah. every now and then. Yeah. So, I mean, you get these these things that happen. Um, so that's why we get all these conflicting reports and why we get all these reports where, you know, uh, we're hearing about people are cast and then, you know, they're not cast and this movie is coming out and it's not coming out. And, you know, this movie's announced and that one's announced and even though it was never officially announced. Yeah. So, I mean, we keep getting these things and, um, you know, I think it's just the nature of, of, like you were saying, the nature of superhero reporting um, or superhero movie uh, journalism at this point. Um, I like what I'm hearing about the Batman, though, with regards to this this young or younger Batman. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to, kind of reminds me of Batman Begins, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. I enjoy a lot. Yeah. So, um, but it's not going to have really much of the origin i guess right which is what it sounds like so i am looking forward to it. i'm 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 excited that sounds pretty cool uh kendall what do you make of of hammer being in now he's out and uh the details on uh the direction of the batman yeah i mean the army hammer stuff you know i don't have much i you know i don't have much on 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 army hammer uh in terms of uh whether or not he'd be a a great fit to be Batman, um, you know he's been his name has been tossed around a lot with in regards to the DCEU. You know, his uh, name's been tossed so around so much. I can't help but ask: Is it being tossed around by by him, Warner Brothers, or by him exactly? Because again, right. I look at that quote where he's talking about he knows every update about where that movie stands, but he also says he's never been contacted, which either means he's lying. Or he really wants to be Batman. It's been like, you know, he was Batman for a little bit. He was Green Lantern for a while. I mean, his you name know, keeps so coming up. And no one's seen... I've never Marvel. seen fans bringing his name up. It's only nah. been reports and yeah, people inside Hollywood. I'm like, Hollywood. I've never once heard Army Hammer as a guy that people want to play Batman or want to play Green Lantern. It's just, it then becomes a thing because someone makes it a thing. And I can't help but wonder... He's not being even called by DC, according to him. If that's true, then why we keep hearing his name every five seconds? He's not. He's not Tom Cruise. He's not. You know. Uh, he's not Ben Affleck. Those names yeah, make sense. Strange to me. Yeah. Those names make sense when it comes to their names coming up every five seconds. His name coming up every five seconds makes zero sense. It made sense when Leonardo DiCaprio's name was coming up. It made sense for Jake Gyllenhaal. His name always looks like the one. Of which one of these names don't belong. His name always means the one I'm like, that name is the one that doesn't belong in this list. But yet we keep hearing about him every two seconds. It's just, it's just interesting to me. 
But, it, I mean, I guess in theory, though, if their goal really is to find a younger actor, um, I mean, he'd be one of the, you know, accomplished, you know, for somebody that uh, is like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find an A-list actor that's, you know, under 30. He's yeah. not A list. He's not even A list. That's my point. He's like he's not even A list. Well, he's not. No, I'm saying he's, he's accomplished, but but like you know, he's been in a lot of you know bigger movies. Not not a whole lot, but he's been in a couple. Um, you know, so it's like my. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is like who, I think whoever ends up being Batman mm-hmm. is probably going to be somebody that we don't really know. Like, I think it'll end up being like a Tom, like when Tom Holland got the Spider-Man role, people were like, "Who's this guy? Who's this kid?" You know, everyone thought it'd be Dylan O'Brien, who was hot at the time, or Ansel Elgort, you know, yeah. who was hot at the time. You know, these are younger actors, but like those were like the big names, and it ended up being uh, Tom Holland, who didn't have as much of a reputation, but obviously fit the role. Uh, I think this would be, I think Arby Hammer is like the guy with the name. You know, that could fit the role. I don't think he'll end up being the guy they end up picking. Um, I think it, it could be some guys completely off the map. But when it comes to reports, you know, they're not going to report on like Tom Holland before he got picked to be Spider-Man. You know, because he's kind of he was he came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's one of those situations. But even the fact that they're doing this uh, younger Batman, I, I mean, it makes sense to go with a change of pace after Affleck. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it, but honestly, Batman is one of those characters. I mean, he's a great great character regardless. You know, I think that this could work. It could work either way. Um, trying to think what's, what's, like, the youngest Batman we've seen, youngest iteration of Batman we've seen on any type of, like, you know, television. film? Or film. Uh, I mean, we. I mean, but that's not <laughs> animated. Um, yeah, no, Gotham, animated. Gotham. Yeah, we have animated. like a, we have a teenager. So yeah, we have would, a kid Batman. That'd be number one. But beyond Gotham, like like actual Bat. Uh, I mean, Batman Year One is a movie, obviously, but uh, I mean, most of them, like he's in their prime. He's in his prime. It's rare they do a a young Batman story. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Year One. As far as animated, is, he's pretty young and beware the Batman, also, right? Oh, yeah, yes, that's the one. Batman. That's the one where they, they they explore that. Oh, let's try a newer Batman. Yeah. Um, and, and otherwise, yeah, most of the time, I guess because Batman is such a legend. I think like like part of what makes him like iconic is the urban legend of this guy being like this Swiss Army knife. So if like it's not really cool to show him like not be that Swiss Army knife. It's kind of like this isn't really Batman, even though of course it's Batman. He has to get there at some point. Some of the most awesome stories are him like learning how to do this stuff that eventually we see him doing. It's like sewing James Bond as a rookie. Like, does anyone really want to see that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But I mean, again, well, was- a lot of times it's like it, it, it could be great. Like showing James Bond as a rookie could actually be awesome. But like, it's just that like we when we first were introduced to them, they just were. <laughs> they just were yeah. what they were for a lot of people. So like, it, you can't go backwards really and saying, okay, well, well, how did they get to that point? Um, most people don't seem to do that. Even though Batman Begins did show him in the beginning, e- even that I would say Christopher uh, Nolan, I think, kind of you know, accelerated. I, yeah, he kind of accelerated that. We didn't see that Batman struggle that much. You know, there were some growing pains here and there. That wasn't the point of the story 
for those first two movies in terms of Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. So it's so it, it's new. Um, in regards to you know making him a youngest Batman again, I I like this idea. Uh, one of the things that made the Batman uh, the, the the Dark Knight trilogy kind of have to kind of end because at a certain point, you know. The storyline they were telling, they you know, by the time Bale was doing the last ones, I mean, now he's like up there in age. Just and that's just the progression of just his life. I mean, he was a grown adult when he started, and by the time he gets to the other ones, he's in the last one. He's probably like what? He's probably in his forties by that point, or at least close to it. Um, so starting someone a little younger could be really cool. Um, a, a lot of the stuff still at the end of the day just comes down to like, what's the story and how do you deliver it? You know, yeah. Some of the stuff is is window dressing in the end of the day, but again, if you want to try to distinguish your movie from the other movies, this would be a good way to do it because the Batman other movies besides Begins, where he's just Batman, those movies those guys are old, like Clooney's old, Keaton's old, Kelmer's old, like though that's not you know that that's a Batman in his prime. Uh, almost every cartoon you read is Batman in his prime. Again, besides year one and, and, and some other comics, there really aren't a lot of it is him in his prime. There are stories where it's him from younger uh, younger years, but that's not something that you see very often, at least in contemporary contemporary art. So, I, I like the idea. I like that they're going that route, but it all comes down to execution. Everything looks good uh, on paper until you actually have to put it out there. So, um, it's something to keep an eye on. I, again, I, I'm not. Hammer has never been my number one guy for Bat, for me for Batman. So him, potentially not being Batman is fine with me. If he was cast, I I would be fine with it. I guess I you know he'd have to then show me because I haven't really seen anything from him to tell me that he could be a great Batman. But he is young, so that gives you a good amount of time. But even he's only he's 32. So first movie comes out in two or three years, he's 35. Well, how much more time do you have with that young Batman? He's not that young anymore. So. I, I kind of get Reeves maybe wanting someone a little younger to play this role. And for DC, because, you know, they got three movies out of bail. I'm sure they want to get another three movies out of whoever they get at least, maybe more. Look how many movies, you know, Marvel got out of Iron Man and Tony and, uh, and, uh, and, and what's the name? Downey is really up there in age. You know, so if they get someone in their 20s, I mean, they can be doing this Batman for 20 years, 30 years. And I'm sure that's not something that they would, if it's great, they would definitely feel free and want to do that as they want to try to rebuild whatever universe they're trying to rebuild with DC. Well, they say, wasn't there rumors that, uh, were there rumors that Daniel Radcliffe was going to be Batman? Yeah, that, that, I don't know where that came from. I feel like there were rumors that every, but yeah, that, that would have been about everybody is, at this point. Like, I saw that, <laughs> yeah, I was that like, wild, man. I was like, whatever, that's not going to happen. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people inside Hollywood quickly started shutting that down. But yeah, that was a rumor at one point last week. That's what I meant when I said that there were so many Batman stories we can't keep up. But that was one of the stories where he was he was like trending because people were like, "Oh, Radcliffe's gonna be Batman." I'm like, "No, he's not. That's never gonna happen." But some of the stuff could also be test balloons or trial balloons where they want to see, "Hey, yeah. let's throw this out there and see what happens." Or Robert Pattinson with another name though. Pattinson yeah, was he was trending where he was gonna be Batman. <laughs> um, so this is gonna be. Uh, a lot of this stuff tells me that one is definitely a lot of agents doing their work for their clients to get their name out there. It also tells me that uh, Matt Reeves is probably. I think I think Harmy Hammer is probably not lying. I think he really is like 
he hasn't contacted who he wants to be Batman. Like, he doesn't, I don't know if he, he, I'm sure in his head he knows, but I don't think he's actually done the groundwork to really do the research and, like, start putting out casting calls. Hmm. And that's what the Hollywood Reporter is basically confirming. They're saying that that's not happening yet. Are we going to hear about uh, Zac Efron? His name came up, too. I mean, this thing, let's hope not. I I think his name came up already. I think so. Did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure we, I, yeah, you, you were joking. No, that actually. No, like he was like before Radcliffe, they were talking about him. I'm pretty sure they were talking about him. Yeah, Efron for Batman was happening. That was absolutely happening. I, I don't remember exactly, but like like I said, there were so many Batman stories that we couldn't do them all. But yeah, that was a thing too, and I didn't bring it up on the show because I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is never going to happen. Uh. Yeah, there was there was plenty of, of comic book stuff. People writing why you know Efron could be Batman and why he should be Batman. Uh, yeah, that was a thing too. Speaking of crazy stuff, did you guys hear that crazy a crazy rumor I saw online? I'm pretty sure it's completely fake, but there was a crazy rumor that Andrew Garfield would be the Spider-Man in the next Venom movie. I didn't hear about that. I think I I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a fake rumor, but I'm just curious. What would you guys think of that? It's like they so if they separated the two characters, they made Venom. They put Venom in the Amazing Spider-Man universe, right? Honestly, like I feel like that'd be dope. <laughs> but I'm not gonna front. I kind of think so too. Yeah, I'm like, why not? You know, like. I don't have to worry about the stench of, like, Venom and Sony being on Tom Holland, you know, or, like, the whole fact of, like, oh, now we have a Venom in a whole other universe. It's like, it, you know, like, but I don't want to, I don't want Venom running around without Spider-Man. So if there is a Spider-Man, it's cool. I just don't want it to be Tom Holland. Uh, I don't know. I just don't like Garfield Spider-Man. So I don't like him either. Sure, I don't want to see that guy. I, know, I don't like him I'm, either, but I, I, yeah. I feel like Venom is, was so, Venom was so out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so it was so bizarre that my thing is like yo yeah just put it on a whole nother universe like i actually would be okay with that and my thing is all right well now for the fans that loved garfield now they still have garfield in their universe where he's spider-man hmm. and again the base spider-man 2 disaster i think the main spider-man 1 wasn't that great but it's 2 was a complete disaster then um was whatever you think it was. It seems like everyone has their own opinion on Venom. My thing is, Sony seems to me, at least in their in their live action universe, free to do as be as weird and crazy as they want. That would be pretty weird and crazy. It, it would fall in line. That's all I would say. But yeah, that's been that's been a fan theory that's been on the internet. I think now I see. I just googled it. It's been on since like August. Since like Venom came out, I guess, or when Venom was being made, right? Uh, and I saw it resurface like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, and I looked it up, and I couldn't see anything substantial, so I assumed it was just like a fan fake rumor or a fake theory. But I thought you know, it was interesting. This is also uh, off off the beaten path, but you see, uh, you see the trolls have been uh, attacking Captain Marvel. Yeah, and it's at forty five percent. Uh, audience score Rotten Tomatoes. Why is Rotten Tomatoes allowing the audience to even do anything before they've seen it? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a very that's like, another interesting that's a question. question. I haven't seen one person ask. And look, maybe maybe like 
I'm missing the point. I, I'm not missing the point. I, this, is, this is trash. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, let me but, make that yeah, clear. It may not, it may not matter. But I'm just saying. Wait, <laughs> it might be at 60%. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there's no way a regular person. Like the chances a regular person has seen Captain Marvel and can actually give an honest review is very, very small. The number yeah, of people. There, there might be like. It's probably like a hundred, two hundred people, a hundred people, yeah, maybe. Yeah, two hundred people. Yeah. Like that's that's the number of people in this in the world that's seen Captain Marvel. The fact that they would and they, all and hate this movie. On track. Yeah, come on, that doesn't make any sense. So I don't know why an audience score is even available before the movie's release date comes out, and especially when you know there are these campaigns for any movie that features black people or women as leads to tank them from these idiot fans. Why why are we even allowing these people to have a platform to do this because if you do it if you release it when the movie actually comes out then at least it mitigates their impact you know what i'm saying right like yeah we see these trolls just putting these bad reviews but they're also gonna be balanced by great reviews if these movies are great so now we're, we're doing a weeks weeks of of prep or excuse me weeks of press on these trolls where to me the attention would be totally off them we just didn't have an audience score on there which it shouldn't be. No one has seen the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. It's really annoying to me. Um, but I feel like, you know, at this point with Rotten Tomatoes, it's become something where, like, the Rotten Tomatoes score, I mean, it's there, but with certain movies, you, like, can't really take it seriously because of stuff like this. Right. If, exactly. if, your, if your movie is... Um, and I, I, which is weird, you know. Uh, apparently, the the right is like upset that Brie Larson is is talking about feminism. On, yeah, it's been on a big the, thing on the press yeah. circuit. That's the thing. She felt like she they they felt like you she know? was attacking uh white men. Oh my god! Her comments. I feel like she's attacking the most vulnerable. They're most vulnerable among us, <laughs> the white men. Yeah. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, that's, <laughs> what what yeah, is? <laughs> they're they're already they're already in so much trouble. Why why would Brie Larson pile on them? Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. the that's the controversy now. So yeah, I don't know, so, man. That's the world yeah, I mean, we live in. <laughs> I, I feel like that that has certainly incited some of this uh, this attack because because I'm because I'm like Black Panther dealt with similar situation, but I feel like this is like even worse. I don't you know, maybe they're I don't, just, yeah. maybe they're getting better at it. Maybe you know, like they're just having more of an effect. They're being more strategic. Well, they got it, they've had the practice. This is the worst we've seen it. Yeah, they had the practice with Star Wars right, exactly. and. In uh, in this movie, they've had the practice for sure, uh, and Larson is the is the A plus target for them to go after because she's not going to back down. Um, of, of the movies they've gone after, I think this is the person that's probably most ready who wants smoke. She wants smoke with these fools. So just like Captain Marvel wants smoke with scrolls, <laughs> Brie Larson wants smoke with right wing trolls. So she's not afraid to go on the press tour and still tout. Um, equality for women as she very well is in her right to do that um, I have a question though real quick how much of this and if I sound very ignorant here in terms of giving these idiots way too much credit then forgive me audience and co-host but how much of some of this is just a bit like what do you mean? so I'm sure there are actual uh, just men who feel a way and are terrified of women 
having any kind of voice or or actually you know you know verbalizing the inequalities in our country i know those people exist and i know there are there are a lot of them who are behind this but some of these tweets and some of these comments i'm seeing are so cookie cutter the internet is very complicated for a lot of people to understand and there are inside jokes and bits and just things people do for the sake of the gimmick so to speak if we're talking wrestling terms i just want some of these comments are so cookie cutter and ridiculous and like they're so like oh you're just saying the same thing the guy before you said i can't help but wonder okay these are these guys just that organized or are some of them just playing along with the bit for the sake of just playing along with the bit because men are stupid are 100% of these, maybe not 100%, is 95% of these people all just, like, angry men? Or are some of them just, like, I'm going to be a troll and just, like, do this because it's funny? I feel like that's I mean, a part of this. And I can, and maybe I, I can be giving these guys way, way more credit for just not being actually hateful people. But some of this stuff just seems so, like, you really don't have a brain of your own. And... Maybe they don't. Well, I'm just. It just was something that I'm saying. Like it was just like the same thing. Oh, I'm not gonna watch this SJW film. I'm like, you just copy and pasted the same thing I saw from another tweet three minutes ago. Like, you really don't have a mind of your own. You can't even come up with the right word. You gotta use the same ver- ver- vernacular. Like, uh, it just seemed a little weird. Well, um, the other movement seemed a lot more random. This seemed a lot more coerced. A lot more. Rehearsed, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, and, um, and if I'm if I'm off on that, tell me I'm off on that. But do you guys at least not observe that too on this? Uh, I did. To me, the my reaction was that you know these people are becoming more, um, you know, monolithic in thinking. Yeah. Mm. Pretty much, you know, it's weird. It's very disturbing to me personally. Right. I mean, you know, it just is. Right. It's it's not very comfortable, you know, to observe, you know, and you know, for them to take these stuff so personally is 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 strange and and just alien to me. Honestly, it's it's very odd that, um. You know, that her saying things like, oh, I want to promote, you know, a powerful woman on screen or uh, I don't know. Maybe at one point or another, she said some, something about white male privilege. But like, who cares? Like, they, why is that? Like, well, what is it? They think that was bad. How do you think they thought Jewish people felt with Mel Gibson? <laughs> His crazy stuff he was saying. On every press junket he's been on for like the last twenty years, I swear these people probably think it's the exact same thing. You know, which, which is, is like crazy which is, to me. Which is, I know, it's like it's like what world? What world are you in? Like, really? How do you go outside and like talk to other people? And like that's really how you feel. But like it's crazy, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, that's just the world we live in nowadays. That's just what. <laughs> um, that's just what's going on. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but. Um, you know, 
So I don't know why Rotten Tomatoes let, allows this to conti to continue. Not not that they have to like censor anybody necessarily, but why they allow people to vote on a movie that hasn't come out yet? Yeah, that doesn't make it doesn't any really sense. make any that, sense. That's to me, it's and it's, it's weird. It's, it's actually like hurting the cause of what they're trying to do. You're trying to yeah. get the fans an accurate portrayal of what people think of the movie. And, and you can't do that by letting fans vote vote before everyone's seen the movie. It doesn't make any sense. Right. And I, I, I could have swore they had a thing for like want to see quote unquote, like instead of the actual audience score. They had a thing for oh so, so amount whatever amount of percent of people want to see this movie, mm -hmm. you know, so it's weird that for this they have an actual audience score. That's very strange. Kendall, is my conspiracy theory off, or are these people really just monolithic a holes? No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I, I've seen, you know, like when you when you when you scroll through Twitter, you know, on any real subject, it could be. You know, obviously sports is something that, you know, I look at and stuff or like, you know, there's comic book, there's comic book stories like this. Um, people's like political, you know, ideologies, it can be random people uh, come up and like a lot of times, like surprisingly, like there are a lot of people out there that just have a certain mindset of like. You know, and have a certain tone of you know, tweeting, for for example. You know, like they they they, they kind of all uh, mimic each other in, in, in a way. And I think you know that's that's kind of human, natural human behaviors. You know, you see something that you you like and you you mimic. Uh, but um, yeah, I feel like the the energy though. I I, I think it's. I mean, I think it's real. You know, I think there is a movement out there of people that I don't think that this is like, you know, just, you know, some idiot, you know, kids saying, oh, we're going to, I, I think, I don't think people really care. Like I, like, I don't think people care enough to like, take their time out to troll if they didn't actually care. Right. So I think these people, for whatever reason, I, I mean, I don't care, you know, <laughs> obviously, but there are people out there that I guess do care and they're taking their time out to bash its Rotten Tomato score, which I think people have to understand. In 2019, you know, I think people are sophisticated enough, I would hope, given also the way the media is reporting, that uh, that's not going to have an impact on... That's not going to have an impact on the, the box office. I've also, know, it, may, yeah. it may dock, like, you know, a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> if yeah, they're going to have no impact. Look at Star Wars and Black Panther, the two movies they tried to... They tried. Yeah, exactly. How did that work out? Only two of the most successful movies ever, so it's not gonna work. Um, what was I, gonna, I was gonna say one last thing, but I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, this is this is all trash. Uh, this movie will do fine regardless of these uh, these people. But I just had to say that because it was just it just seemed so bizarre. I, I wouldn't surprise me if there are some bots involved too. If somehow the people behind this movie have some bots that are saying the same things again. The language and the way this was happening just seemed seemed it, it, we all agree it's different than before and it's more intense. But even just like the consistency of the of the vernacular of the things I've kept seeing was just even that was even weird. But again, Shamar said these just very well could be the times at this point. Um, let's uh, move forward. Uh, last story of the day before we get to the recaps real quick. Uh, the Flash movie that is. Uh, we, it's very tenuous it seems like um, 
a lot of recent reports that have been talking about the future of DC has kind of been leaving the Flash out, saying that it's really up in the air at this point. They've had too many false starts. Ezra Miller um, uh, did an interview recently where he discussed where this movie stands right now. And he said, quote, it's getting really good now. And anyone who knows anything about Barry Allen knows that he's always late. But when he arrives, he gets stuff done. And that's definitely how this film's production schedule is proceeding. We are a little late. But the reason why we are late, and this is the honest to God's truth, the reason we are late is because we are all, and I include myself in this, we are very meticulously focused on making a movie that is not just one of the greatest superhero movies that we can possibly make. This movie is also going to be a gift to the fans. The movie is going to be a, a, a real pure offering to the fans of this material. So uh, Miller saying he's optimistic about where this movie uh, stand despite the false start saying that they are indeed uh, uh, going to start proceeding with the production very soon. He also mentioned that um, this movie will expand the DC multiverse, not just the multiverse, but actually the uh, the, the speedster multiverse. Um, his exact quote on this was, we are taking, we're talking about sparking a whole new universe, which is not just the DC multiverse. It is also, it's the speed multiverse. And the speeches are the ones who connect all the, dis- uh, the disparate pieces because Marvel is a universe, just one world, and all the same characters in it. DC is a multiverse, all these different stories with different realities, characters, and versions of characters. And the speeches are the ones who move through it all. They are like the connecting bridge between all these different uh, collage parts. So Miller uh, giving us some details about not only where this project stands, if it even stands at all, he says that it does still stand. And saying that this project will uh, expand on what he calls uh, the speedster multiverse. I'll give this one to you first, Kendall. Uh, are you more encouraged hearing from Ezra Miller that this project will move forward or does this do nothing for you? No, this does nothing for me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. At this point, I, I, I don't really care. You know, this movie, until we see something, you know, substantial, uh, you know, from casting, uh, I, I I don't even know if we have a director. Forgot he's had like five, but um, yeah. At this point, I mean, the only thing I take from this is that it, it kind of confirms what I've been saying about like how they're trying to create these pockets of these different pocket universes yeah. within DC. Yeah, you know, has got his own little universe that's going on now, and uh. That's kind yeah, of what Mark Hughes was saying squad, last Harley week. When we talked when we talked about Mark Hughes' uh, article last week. That's kind of what he was saying too. Right, exactly. You know, Harley Quinn's got her universe. So, like, this is kind of. I mean, I guess he could be alluding to the fact that they may want to do something similar with the Flash, but don't count your chickens before they hatch. Ezra Miller, just make a good Flash movie, and then we'll start talking about you know multiverse. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I mean, I think he's just, and I think we, this is, because he keeps making these kind of statements once people start to forget about The Flash. He right. says something about The Flash. So don't forget about us, guys. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, this feels like another one of those statements where he's trying to get people excited about The Flash, trying to make sure that, that people haven't completely forgotten about him, trying to get, connect with the whole superhero uh, fan base because he knows they're reading these stories. Um, and which, that's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, clearly he seems to want to be involved in this. He wants to be a part of this universe. He wants to be the Flash. <laughs> He's excited about the role. He likes connecting with the fans. 
you know, the way that he has in the past with, with you know, the press run to Justice League and stuff. He seems to enjoy that, you know? And yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, I think this is him trying to kind of spark that again and, and uh, you know, breathe life into this character again. So, um you know, I mean, it is what it is. I'm I'm not gonna hate and be like, oh, you should stop talking until the Flash comes out. <laughs> um, though the, it it doesn't much, do much for me because we've been hearing this for so long, and the Flash seems to be so far away from coming out that you know it, it's it's interesting and all, but you know, I want I just want the movie to come out. <laughs> sure. I want to hear more about what when the movie is gonna come out. And, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm glad, you know, they at least have some ideas, you know, in mind and, and they want to add more speedsters, um, to the DC, I, I guess, worlds of DC, I guess. Um, so that's cool. Um, this, this does a little bit for me. I'm not gonna say it does nothing for me. Um, I think the reason why I say it does something for me is because he gave us details as to what they're actually trying to build. Everything we've heard from the Flash has been very vague before, at least recently. Early on, we were getting character descriptions and stuff that, I'll be honest, did not sound the greatest. But they were at least giving us stuff. And then that movie was scrapped for what we were being told was going to be Flashpoint. We've heard nothing about what that movie's going to be about. We don't even know if Flashpoint is even the movie at this point. So... Here, at least they're telling... Ezra is not only just telling us the movie's moving forward, but he tells us that there are actual plans in place. At least he's been told plans. So that gives me some hope. Now, I don't know when was the last time he was updated on these plans. Like He, he may be behind where DC is in regards to where where uh, where this movie stands. But, um, but look, I mean, this is a movie where I do agree with you guys. We kind of have to kind of see it to believe it at this point. It's kind of crazy that the character who I think was most beloved in the Justice League movie. A movie that, albeit, was not that great. Um, but I think people were most excited for moving forward probably was him. And that's the movie they've had the hardest time getting uh, getting off the ground. That's a little surprising to me. But um, but I think that also could speak to, you know, maybe Warner Brothers not being very thrilled with anything that happened in regards to the whole making of the Justice League movie. But, uh, you know, again, the the speedster uh, universe, the speedster multiverse, makes sense in regards to as, as Shamari said, or Kendall said, or I forgot when you guys said the um, the idea that this is worlds of DC. And when they came up with that name, we said, "But well, what did that mean?" We all kind of assumed it meant that they were going to be creating worlds within worlds, pretty much, and and this would fall in line with that. To me, I also I- think that when I hear him say that. Uh, they've been getting pushed back. I, I think that this is because, you know, the movie has changed, I think, drastically. Again, I don't think this movie's Flashpoint anymore either. I think this is, again, another movie. And it's just in order to get a movie rewritten, re- redone. Because did they ever get sign on a director? I don't. They never did, I mean, right? They got close to a couple of times, but I don't, I don't know if they have a director. They did, but guys pulled out, you know. Right. I don't know if they have one now. Yeah. So, oh, so, so I don't think they really have a director at this point. So I think right now they're, they're kind of still at phase one, but no. I think Ezra at least telling us that there are some plans. So it gives me some hope a little bit. What were you going to say, Kendall? No, yeah, I was going to just say that uh, this is also, I think, real quick, like an interesting case study on how 
you know, I think my lack of excitement is also in part because we already have a Flash TV show. So, like, I don't really care about, like, I'm not dying for a Flash story. We've had, yeah. I've seen so many Flash stories over the last, you know, four or five years that, like, I mean. Yeah, I think we're kind of flashed out. another movie. Yeah, like, if this were another movie or, like, another character, rather, I'd be more like, yeah, man, when's this coming out? But, I mean, honestly, you know, am I really, like, dying to see, you know, a, a Flash origin <laughs> or, you know, a new Flash story? I mean, it's only, it's going to have, it's probably going to be about the character that we've seen in the movie. That's why, that's what made Flashpoint intriguing was because Flashpoint, they tried in the, in the show, and it was mediocre, but it's something that you can only do great probably in a movie format. And if they don't do that, I don't know, you know, my intrigue is low until I see something tangible. Yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know, just this movie just seems very low priority for DC right now. I mean, it seems like the stuff we're hearing is every other movie except for this. And we get this update from Miller, and it's something, but the fact that it's not even from a creator, it's from the actor who... He wants the movie to happen because he wants to get paid. He wants to make the money. So he's going to be enthused. But I think still we need to hear from a Hamada or someone from D.C. To tell us where we are with this. I think for you know you guys to feel better about you know the where this movie stands. Because as of right now, again, we seem to know very little. And there are a lot of other movies that seem to be moving very fast. We've seen how fast Birds of Prey is moving. Uh, we've seen how fast The Trench is moving. It seems like... These other movies seem to have no problems getting off the ground. Suicide Squad 2, once they got gun, now seems to be definitely in motion. This movie seems to be the one that just, it can't get out the starting blocks. And when you don't even hear about it, just trying to get out the starting blocks, it suggests that the movie is not that high on the priority for DC right now. Uh, let's uh, do our show recap before we get out of here, guys. So let's start with Gotham. Uh, so we're doing the Gotham. We're doing Gotham, The Gifted, and Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol we did last week. Gotham the Gifted, we have not spoken about in a long time, I realize, I think, because I just started watching these shows. I'm like, boy, I got a lot of episodes to watch. Uh, but we did watch Gotham. It was the Joker origin. We got our Ace Chemical scene with Bruce and with uh, and Jeremiah. With Jeremiah. Um, overall, as an episode, look, they, they, they do the Joker pretty well. I can't hate on how they do Jeremiah, how they did Jerome. Uh, his scheme in regards to uh, messing with Bruce the way he did seemed very Joker-like. The acting was believable from his standpoint. Managna is just a beast. He's 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 great at the role. To me, as he grows older, if he was recast as Joker in a cartoon or even a movie at some point, that wouldn't shock me because he's been outstanding. And he was great in these episodes. Uh... So I, I like that element of it. The rest of Gotham, you know, that episode was Bruce-centric, but I think a lot of the other stuff that's happening in Gotham that wasn't involving Jerome or Bruce or Selina, it's been hard for me to really care about. Um, the, the inner workings of Gotham just seem so hopeless. And I think the whole thing about the, you know, the Haven being bombed and when you realize it's Ed... I think that took a little bit of the intrigue out of it. Um, I think I think even the fact that you know it actually was someone in the government who was sabotaging 
Gotham, it kind of takes the edge out of that too. I just think that for sure it's actually ambitious. I think that they've actually been not. Yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, they, they actually were very unambitious with everything regarding that stuff. And I kind of, I kind of checked out of to the point where this episode actually was a fresh, fresh air because I was like, oh, great. It has nothing to do with like any of that other Gotham nonsense that I don't care about. Like, I tried a little bit with like Selena following Penguin and then a little bit with then eventually. Uh, uh, Barbara getting involved with Penguin, but I was glad I just could kind of get away from that stuff because it was all, it seemed like it was all going nowhere. Um, uh, yeah, I did like the whole Bruce Jeremiah stuff. I mean, like he was saying, Cameron, Cameron Magnus is a beast. Like, um, you know, I was just like, wow. <laughs> you know, everything he was doing to the, to the point where he, the plastic surgery on those people, and he had them in the theater. Brought Bruce back to the theater, and he was Zorro. Yeah, cutting those guys all up. I'm like, man, this is insane. It was just, I was like, oh my god, man, this is just so. Um, that show writes writes Joker very well. They write like, Joker. Like you can you, tell they read Joker. You can tell yeah, they read the comics. Yeah, I mean, there you can complain about pretty much everything else about that show, but you cannot complain about how they write Joker. <laughs> they have him completely down. But they've given us again different variations of the Joker, which yeah. shows, like you said, shows you that they've done the, the homework. Yeah, so um, so yeah. At this point, like that was spectacular. So um, the other stuff has been okay. I agree. Like, um, you know, the whole all the stuff with Ed. I'm like, okay, where are we going with this? You know, I, it's a chip in his head, and the guy's controlling it. I'm like, all right. Yeah, that was that was really yeah. mustache twirly, even for Gotham. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, chipping someone's yo, head that they, mind they say, yeah, someone. I mean, that yeah, was yeah. When bad. they said that, I was like, "Oh, this is lame." Man. Yeah, that was really chipping bad. the head. What? <laughs> <laughs> How do you even like explain that? I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in Gotham, but I'm like, that's not real. But um, uh, but yeah. So I mean, I'm, I don't know. I mean, Gordon's Gordon. He's just he's just being Gordon in all these episodes. I mean, all the characters are the same, and I enjoy, I enjoy watching the characters. It's just a storyline surrounding the characters. I'm like, all right, Gordon's kind of communicating with these people outside over the radio. I'm like, yo, when is something going to happen? Are they going to send somebody or not? Like, Walker is evil, so it's like, okay, well, who is Walker? What does she want? So, so um, is that is this homie now going to be Bane? Yeah, he's going to be Bane. Oh yeah, that guy's Bane. Mm. Remember we remember we when we saw the trailer, we were like, that guy Bane. Yeah, right. he's Bane. So, yeah. I remember like they casted him. Yeah. I was like, that looks like the guy they casted, but. This guy's like some military guy. Yeah. And I'm watching these episodes, I'm like, I guess he's not Bane. I don't know who Bane is. And then she puts the mask on him at the end. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's really Bane. Yeah, I know so. from the beginning. I'm like, yeah, so Bane's finally in it. So he's definitely <laughs> Bane. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see what that's like. Um, though I'm not excited to see Bane fight Jim Gordon, because that's basically what we're going to see, probably. Yeah. Just Bane yeah. versus Jim Gordon. Um, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, at this point, honestly, I'm waiting to see this full fledged Batman. That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing for me. That's gonna yeah, be the, I feel like the show. I mean, that's the finale. Yeah, I feel like this show definitely is kind of like treading its treading water right now. In regards to like, I don't know, it just seems like it's kind of spinning its wheels. You think so? I feel that way. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys feel like they're building towards anything. I feel like these episodes haven't been built towards anything. See, they, I feel they, like they I... built towards a Jerome Bruce showdown, which they built to that well. Every other storyline, I feel like it's just going around in circles. Well, I feel they can't like get off this island. They ain't getting any help. 
and it's all survival of the fittest right now. That's we've had that for like ten episodes now. For me, I'm less like worried about the ultimate. Like, I don't really like. I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't really care what happens in this like, you know, no man's land situation. Um, Because I mean, we know how things are going to end more or less. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess for me, it's I'm more intrigued about how they're setting up, like just the Gotham. Each character is kind of finale, you know, or each character where they will be, you know, you kind of, you know, you're seeing like, all right, Penguin's really becoming Penguin, Catwoman's really becoming Catwoman, like, uh, now Bar- Joker Barbara's becoming pregnant. Joker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was something we talked about uh, when we saw the when we saw the trailer. I asked the question. I was like, Do you, uh, oh, is this going to be like the the way we get Barbara Gordon, you know, Batgirl, and you know, we talked about how, like, that seemed, like, improbable. Like, you can't really... Everything that we've seen with that character, there's no reconciliation, but... Uh, and there still hasn't been... Be, there still really yeah. hasn't been one. Yeah, like, they're trying they're trying to, to shoehorn every character into what their... Uh, into what their Batman destiny is, yeah. eventually. Even Lee which, Tompkins is back to being a regular doctor. And yeah, exactly. That's, and that's, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I've taken like, out of this season, more or less. More than, like, being invested in the story, I'm more invested in, like, seeing these characters evolve. Uh, uh, so that's why, like, I mean, the finale is the one that's really going to be interesting. If they really do take a whatever 10-year time jump or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, where we get Batman running around. But, I mean, uh, I think these episodes have been good. Uh, I, I'm, the government thing with Walker and stuff, that's that's uh, Boontails. That's right. Extremely boring storyline, you know. I like any time that other dude was on, the Bane guy was on screen. I was like, "This is stupid." Yeah, I didn't want to pay. Attention. I didn't realize he was Bane, but and even if even if I did know that, like I would have been like, just turned to Bane already, man. Like this is a waste of time. This guy's evil for like no reason. Like, <laughs> I, it's like I'm like, this is stupid. Why does every but, single person, every single Rose Gallery person, have to have some connection to Jim Gordon? Everyone so now, Jim now Gordon. Bane, now Bane's gonna have to stick vendetta against Jim Gordon. Like, yeah, well, yeah, at this point, Jim Gordon should just be Batman. Yeah, honestly, Jim Gordon also, got I, he's got a thing with with Riddler, with Catwoman, with uh, with with Penguin. Like long histories with these people now. Not just oh, I ran it. Like these people are the reason why they are who they are. A lot of them is because of Jim Gordon, which is, is just a lot to put on someone who. It's an important Gotham character, but I mean, they—he is the beginning of all these people. <laughs> it, it does feel though like the season has been very much like, kind of like uh, we're gonna play the greatest hits, you know, or let's, let's bring everybody back from one episode type of thing. You know, it's like oh, let's bring Hugo, let's give, give Hugo Strange a role, let's give Victor's Zad a spot, you know, and you know they gave Poison Ivy her episode and stuff, and I mean, I, I guess I understand it, uh, but. I don't feel like it's been very, like... I don't know if it's been very coherent the way they've done that. Uh, and also, I don't know what they're doing with Riddler. You know, I don't know what they're... You know, I, I guess... Yeah. I don't know if they're... Do- are they done with Riddler? Or do we think that there's a bigger story to tell? I don't know what they're doing with no any idea. of those. Well, any, I, like, I don't know what they're doing Riddler line, or oh, Penguin. Yeah, yeah, the chipping inside. But well, the thing, now is, the thing now is that him, Barbara, and Penguin are going to try to get off... Yeah. Get out of Gotham, which right. we know is not going to happen. At least 
we know Riddler and Penguin won't because we see them at the end of the, at the end of the of the, well, the beginning of the first episode mm-hmm. when they do that flash forward that they're fighting with Gordon against the military, which I assume is this Walker character. We still don't know who she is or who that what that's supposed to be. Yeah, about. is Walker supposed to be anybody important? Uh, I would think so, but I don't. I wouldn't know. Beginning to know who that is. I'm sure smart people online know already, but I've done the research to know if I'm supposed to know who that's supposed to be. Is that a blonde chick supposed to be Harley Quinn? Oh yeah, that that's Harley Quinn. With Jeremiah. Yeah. I mean, when she said, "Would you call what you put in?" Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what do we make of that Harley Quinn iteration? Uh, I mean, I think I think it's has got them. I think it's a Gotham version of Harley Quinn. I mean, I think it, I think it fits the aesthetic of the show. Hey, I don't know. I mean, look, this show doesn't need Harley Quinn, but definitely not. Yeah, it doesn't need it. I mean, look, if they want to do it, they can do it. I mean, kind of out of nowhere, but um, I didn't mind her look. I just kind of. I, I, well, I was gonna say like I feel like they'd be better. Served, they would have been better served like actually like giving her a backstory. Right, like, I, I agree. He's a random Jeremiah crony. It's Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. He, she literally is picked by fate. You yeah. know, they did that weird initiation, which I still don't get. How did that initiation work? I don't get, like, how did Selena not how did Selena not die? I, I don't, I'm, I'm still very confused by all of that. None of that made any yeah. sense to me. They all put gun, blood bullets in their thing, and they all... I, mean, I guess maybe it was random. They yeah, it was supposed to be just random. I didn't realize that. I, I thought they all just were going to shoot each other. I'm like, I, this doesn't make any sense to me. I guess Selena survived, but then she was like, oh, you backed out? I didn't know. It, it all seemed very weird. That was not clear to me. But as Kendall said, I also checked out during that whole portion. <laughs> I'm of like, this is this isn't important. <laughs> but I do agree that I think that uh, she would have been... She could have been served with a better backstory than like literally just because like they talked about fate. like yeah you know like I evolved and you know I, I let my old self go and I'm like I mean, you could have shown that story yeah especially because I think what makes Harley Quinn like very interesting is that like she is like her change yeah. a person that like is a regular person who like is driven mad by the Joker and well falls madly in love with the Joker through learning about him and being close to him. Like, the fact that this person just, like, was, like, a believer, so to speak, and by fate he chose her. I don't know. It definitely, uh, it took the teeth out of the Harley Quinn character. And this show, this show isn't lazy, really, with how they develop villains. Like, you know, usually, like, they, like, they, like, you may not like what they do, but they, they take their time. Or at least they, they have, like, a real, like, backstory vision of what happened. That seemed like they just, like, oh, we need to write something quick and just get her out there. So okay, so we we all agree that that was Harley Quinn. I I, I, I believe they, so. Did they say she was going to be in the season? They. I don't I, think so. You don't think so? I don't no think way. so. I thought they did, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I would assume that that's her, but uh, who knows? Or I don't know Gotham's version. I guess. Yeah, yeah, Gotham's version of Harley Quinn. I would assume that that's that's her. Um, I don't think there's anything else on Gotham. I have to say. I don't know if you guys saw any. I don't know if you guys saw the the leak of uh, Jerome's look. Jeremiah. Oh yeah, come Jerome. I I I saw that there was a leak. I avoided it. I did not see the leak. You avoided it. Yeah, I was avoiding it, and then I once I saw the episode, I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I I saw it, but it's really interesting. Um, and it is interesting that you know this this Joker is going to have a very obviously very personal backstory with Bruce Wayne. I mean, there's. 
this is this is going to be a long rivalry, and it's just it's very different from any uh, iteration. The only the only only similarity yeah. we have is the is the Batman Telltale. That's what I was going to say. That's the yeah. only time we've seen this kind of story told this way. The the only thing that I would say about I thought Monagony was great, and I thought the Joker story was great, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I completely... And I mean, look, Joker's been insane, so I guess I don't really have to understand anything. But I, I felt like... I, I thought they were kind of shoehorning his, like, obsession with Bruce Wayne. You know, I didn't necessarily get it. Like, I was like, he's like, I have to be the one, you know, not this random mugger. I have to be the one that is in that that you see when you go to sleep and stuff. And well, like, remember, him and Bruce were kind of homies. I mean, they did... Their relationship they showed us was quick. But, like, Bruce was his friend. No question. Right. I mean, they were working together. He was working at Wayne with Wayne Enterprises. Like, they were homies. So, I think, like, this show, there's stuff that, like, they mention stuff in these episodes. And I have to remember, like, you know, what's the name? was like, you tried to kill me twice, Lee, told the barber. Twice. And I had to think, it was only twice? I was like, when were those times? When were those specific times that she had to try to kill her? Like, they they mention these, like, little off things about, oh, remember we did this? I'm like... Yeah, I totally forgot that that happened. Um, then Lee was like, you know, what happened if we had our child? I was like, wait, she miscarried? I was trying to think of what happened when she was pregnant. When Barbara know, got I pregnant, about that too. I was like, Lee was pregnant. What what happened with I her? We, I remember for a time we thought, like, uh, oh, Lee's, Lee's child gonna be, was going to be Barbara. Yeah, be I was like, that would have been a, a twist. But. Yeah, so, like, so a lot, man, goes on. And, like, they, they this story's gotten so out of control that you can't keep up with all the threads. But I think one of the things you are supposed to remember is that him and Bruce, when he was uh, J- Jeremiah before the change, was close. I mean, we, we only got two episodes of them together, but, like, they were definitely friends. So I think I thought about that, too, Kendall, but then I thought, well, like, him and Bruce were close. And even after he got sprayed, like, he still tried to, like, make Bruce his homie. And Bruce was like, yo, you're insane. And so I think that's where we're supposed to see that. All right. But I guess... You, they could have done like they could it could have used more legwork, but Gotham doesn't do. Because even like because even Bruce was like saying the show like why like why <laughs> why do you want to do all this and like mm-hmm. it never it I, I get that's that's also supposed to be the point like this guy is insane. He's also yeah, yeah. I mean he is the Joker so that is definitely a part of it. Um, the gifted guys. Uh, this was the penultimate episode that we saw. Uh, we had to watch a lot of episodes to get up to this point. One of those episodes I guess included Clarice, Clarice dying. So I'm not convinced she's dead. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but I, I I feel like something like that. I gotta see them. I gotta see their pulse go. I gotta see. I I can't imagine that they would kill her off screen like that. In a portal. In a portal. But maybe it thought it was artistic. It it was artistic. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. Thing. Yeah. It was artistic, and like if that happened, it wouldn't shock me. But something tells me that she survived that somehow. Same. Um. Do you, but you you think she's dead, Kendall? Uh, I I thought about it, but I, I part of me thinks that she probably should be dead. Like I I, I don't know. I I mean I I would root for a happy ending. So if she, if she isn't, that's fine. But like I do wonder if like that takes some kind of because uh, that was a good uh, you said it was an artistic uh, scene. You know, to take that kind of energy away from that. You know, I don't know if that's a smart move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was. I think her death was powerful. That's what they did. But um, but yeah, I, I thought characters like that. I would have needed to see like the body, the 
the body bag or something. They'd need more confirmation than what they've done. But they have certainly laid on thick the nostalgia, the the you know, thanks for the memory stuff for you know Blink and Jamie Chung. So if they did do that, I mean, they've done the legwork to make it seem convincing. But I'm still holding out hope that maybe she isn't. Uh, man, what's name killed a man? Uh, Mr. Strucker. Mr. Strucker. <laughs> he killed a man in a gruesome yeah. way. And what's yeah, crazy no, is I'm watching this and I'm like, man, they really trying to test like, like my like my civility because this is like the he killed the worst person on the show like the person that you that like we're not supposed to care at all that this guy dies to me but i'm like man that was a brutal way for that guy to go and it was very sudden no honestly i didn't care i mean that's the thing i kind of was like wow okay he's dead like i didn't feel bad i didn't feel bad i was like yo strucker like you had to kill him like that though especially because it was right after he had the scene with uh pit with Jace, and so like he had where you know Jace was like, yo, I didn't know the Warlocks had were like real people, like they had kids and stuff, like, and he's like, yeah, the kids are just gonna grow up to be you know mutant scum anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. was like, and so when he got like obviously like, it wasn't like it was cold blooded, but like he also like couldn't really control his powers. So, like, but I but I thought and like he said it too. I thought that he definitely right. made the point to be like, no, I could have, I didn't have to kill him like that. Like, yeah, and like yeah, he acted that. it out like okay. like he was like yeah no I'm gonna kill this guy like I'm here now this is this right. is this is who I am right um so but I like that I think that was a good like I think that I like that they didn't make that ambiguous because they could have and that would have been weak uh Andy came home I mm-hmm. kind of wasn't sure if he would to be honest yeah they're all bad I didn't think he would I'm glad I'm glad they're going yeah. full it might be the last season let's see everybody back together yeah I was surprised I wasn't expecting him to come back. I was expecting him to, to go full brotherhood, just go avalanche. And they like, were they were really leaning leaning they were leaning Iro. into like Lauren joining, and I thought she would. I was I I, I was falling hook line and sinker for that whole thing. Because I mean Lauren was like they they yeah she was bugging she was bugging and they they like speaking German in her sleep and stuff like they were they were trying to convince us like nope this is their destiny to be the Von Trucker siblings and they're gonna be terrorist and Lauren was living up to that billing for a lot of these episodes uh, so I was convinced so I was surprised that they all ended up coming back I did kind of think that Reva's line was kind of funny but still kind of spoke to some weak writing where you know you know the cuckoos were like yeah so like Andy and like Lorna are gone she's like what's the point of having psychics if I can't know when anyone's turning their back on me which I'm like yeah, isn't yeah. that kind of true? Like, <laughs> like, and like, and my thing is like, yo, shouldn't they be able to like read like these people's mind? Being like, yo, they're thinking about leaving, and like, in like the second cuckoo was like, I mean, they were like, well, we knew Lorna had some like reservations, but we thought that you'd get past it. I'm like, you wouldn't bring that up to the leader, <laughs> yo. One of our, our ace, our ace in the hole here, one of our top players having reservations, um, and they they kind of blamed it on their sister, saying, oh, but the sister said that this sister said that you know, Esma said. She had a connection, so therefore it would be all right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, like, there, like that's one thing I think it has been a little bit of a plot hole for me is that like for like that fortress to be this like great fortress and for to have these like such powerful psychics, like a lot of stuff seems to happen within the inner circle that Reba doesn't can't seem to control. 
which I think that she should be able to. Like, she should be able like, I don't know, I feel like the way Lorna was, like, going through her phone, calling people, I don't know, I just feel like at certain point, I'd have cameras in these rooms to see what they doing. Like, it just seemed like, Right, right, right. You know, she, she was, the way Lorna went into the, she went into the, the computer and set up Sage, who eventually got killed for no reason. I'm like, you don't got computers where the, com- you don't got cameras where the computers yeah, are to see who's on the I computer. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yo, Lauren's acting mad reckless. Like, she's out here going into rooms, doing all this stuff, and like, we nobody got footage of her doing this, and apparently not. They only had footage of the guy leaving the room. I'm like, so you have a guy leaving the room. Ironic. You don't, you don't go to the film of Lauren, Lorna going in there, and going through his stuff. So they were, they, the, the whole anything going around the inner circle. There's for us to kind of, for them to get any kind of hope and any kind of shots on Reba in terms of hurting her cause. Like you have to suspend all dis, all believability or you know ability to, to believe in this stuff because they're they're missing out on a lot of things to me. Yeah, I mean, I think with the cuckoos there. Suspend all disbelief. That was the word I was trying to say. Yeah, suspend disbelief. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the whole thing with the cameras, I mean, I feel like they're trying to give, and they kind of emphasize this from the beginning, that they're trying to make it not feel like they're trapped. It's supposed to be like, listen, I we, you're here because you choose to be here. We're not making you be here, you know? Like, that's supposed to be their shtick. But they have, it's not that like they don't have cameras. They got, the reason, only reason why Shays got killed was because they have cameras. <laughs> It almost makes sense that they didn't have any cameras, which would be dumb. But I'd be like, all right, well, they had no cameras here. It takes a kill because they, they had cameras. Right. And they knew someone was going through the camera logs. Right. Yeah, so. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there are definitely some holes in, like, their in their writing and in. Um, but I don't know. I, it, for me, it didn't bother me. It wasn't something where I was watching and I was like, I was like, oh my god, why didn't you know? I was kind of like, okay, yeah, sure. The, uh, a couple of things like, there were there were a few times like when Lorna got lucky with the whole Sage thing, where she didn't even plan it that way. It just happened that they couldn't read her mind. I'm like, okay, wow, you know, really, <laughs> yeah, that's super lucky. But I was like, all right, you know, whatever. It, so it was one, so, it was a couple of things where I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna suspend the disbelief here and just kind of go with it. Um, but the overall story I've liked so far, I think it's been really well told, and you know, I especially like Jace's story. I to the point where I kind of wish they spend more time with him. Even yeah, he was like kind of gone for a little bit, and then like yeah. he kind of reappeared in these last two or three episodes. Yeah, I mean, this is like his story's gotten so crazy at this point, you know. Um, so so yeah, his story has probably been my favorite honestly <laughs> of all the different yeah, storylines that are going on um uh i like what's going on with the struckers you know um i i was wondering if the mother strucker was if she was just gonna sacrifice herself i didn't know she was gonna survive i mean she was so i was like she wow she's gonna die here like is that i knew she wasn't because i knew that like andy uh that you know whatever mr Strucker. i don't know his first name read there you go i was against his name that Reed and Marcos were gonna get in there, so I knew like like they wouldn't it wouldn't come to that. Mm-hmm. But like I like that like, I mean look like that character. I feel like her character has like grown a lot from like the first season, maybe yeah. more than anyone except for maybe Andy, maybe like in terms of like how much they've changed. Uh, and like she's like I mean she was shooting cops, <laughs> you know, like that earlier in that episode. I mean she's gotten hardcore. She's telling Lorna, "Yo, go after these Sentinel Service people." 
So uh, I, 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 I thought that, that would made sense. I thought that was crazy, but made sense for that character yeah. to want to do that risk. And I'm, I'm really glad Lorna's back with the team. Because I miss their dynamic. I thought their dynamic in the first season was really, really good. Yeah, and I kind of have enjoyed, like, even though she hasn't been with, with the team, like her communicate with Marcos and stuff, yeah. like we kind of gotten that back. Yeah. And seeing them all together, I think we kind of do get those feelings back again. Kendall, what would you make of the Gifted? Yeah, well, yeah, like I said, I mean, I think that uh, it was a good, it was a good, uh, like Shamar it was a good thing to see that squad back together. You know, I, I, I feel like, I mean, is next season the season finale or next episode? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're reaching an end. I don't know what the future of this show is. Uh, this could very well be the last season. Um, and that's the case. You know, it, I mean, I think it's good that they're ending it on this kind of uh, more united note. It's not like, you know, last season where it's like, oh, yeah, we're all going our separate ways for each other type of thing. Right. Um, yeah. I like, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think these episodes were, I think these episodes have been, I won't say surprisingly good, but like, they've been like, I agree the Jay storyline has been excellent. Um, it's been off and on in terms of like the time that they put into it, but uh, I, I I've been very invested in the, the the characters. I think that's what's been so strong about the show that the characters are very good, even if I'm like, even if the storylines are sometimes stereotypical with all these types of shows, uh, heroes, you know, type of show, but um, they've done a good job of making the characters. Uh, and their personal storylines interesting so i mean next 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 week should be uh an interesting finale but um it could end up being the last episode of the series so something to watch uh yeah yeah this could be uh, especially with the fox disney deal um that certainly uh could be the case uh, I thought it was crazy that they kind of gave us a little bit of the morlocks uh massacre that episode with the purifiers going into the tunnels, you know the you had the X Men story, the Marauders led by Gambit and Sabretooth going in there and killing almost all of the Morlocks. They didn't kill almost all of them, but they killed a lot of them. And uh, so that's like a, a that was like a, a kind of a, a dope nod to the comics. Um, I mean, this is a very solid show. I hope that it, it comes back. Uh, I think that this next episode. I expect something massive to happen. Like I think we will be talking about someone maybe massive making a crazy cameo appearance or something. I it just feel, it felt like that episode we just saw was these really feels like these episodes we've been seeing has been building something pretty big. And I mean the showdown's quite clear. It's a fight between uh, Reva and you know what's left of the mutant underground, going you know stopping them from having this massive terror attacks. And the purifiers apparently seem to be like they will also be involved in trying to stop Reva too. It's all very kind of complicated, but Reva certainly seems to be someone who has uh, a massive plan. The one thing I do wish, I do wish they explained a little bit more of why Reva has so much power. Like her origin spoke more about why she hates humans, but we don't really know why she's so rich, why she's so influential. We don't even know what her power is. Yeah, they really haven't even explained that a little bit, uh, which, tells, which makes me feel like she won't die. I feel like they probably, 
they're probably right in a way in which like if this was the end, it's fine. But I think that they she's someone that definitely could be back next season if they had another season, because there's still a lot to be answered for. Like I don't, I have no idea why she has any of the influence she has, and that's something that was not answered. Maybe be answered in the last episode, but that that seemed that would be a lot to answer for. I think. Um, let's talk. Let's uh, rather still talking about Doom Patrol. So we were introduced to Cyborg this week. Uh, Shamari, what do you think of uh, Joy Vion Wade's Cyborg? I like his Cyborg. Mm. He's still small, but <laughs> very small. But I like his Cyborg. They, they, actually, they made a uh, robot man made like a joke. I think about that. We call him like a twig, <laughs> robo twig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, he's small, man. Like that's still very noticeable to me for a cy- for a Cyborg. This is the smallest cy- version of Cyborg you've ever had. Um. But, uh, but I like him. I like I like this cyborg. You know, I like that he's like a seasoned hero, kind of trying to show these misfits how misfits how to be a hero. Mm. You know, so I I'm digging it. I'm liking this. So, um, so I'm liking cyborg. I like his dynamic with Robot Man, and his dynamic with the rest of the team. Really. Um, so I thought this was another good episode. I like the characterization of really everyone on the team. They see there. This is a very character-heavy show, similar to Gotham, I think. In that in that way, that it's very much about the characters and their performances and their storylines. Um, and I think all the characters do really, really well. So um, you know, I'm interested to see where uh, I'm interested to see where. Um, um, where are where this team and how this team interacts with the villain, Mister Nobody? Yeah, Mister Nobody. And um, I'm hoping the chief isn't going to be gone for the whole season. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I really like this episode a lot. Why you kind of? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I thought this was a good episode. I think Cyborg. Um, he definitely was. I can see why they why they chose this actor to be Cyborg. Um, he is smaller, but I think they he has the right like kind of uh, he can play like, he's playing more of like a Boy Scout kind of role that I think uh, um, is what they're looking for. And uh, so I can see why they why they picked him. Like, he's doing a good job. Uh, I definitely also feel like. It, it it could be it could end up being cool to see him cross over to Teen Titans if and when that happens um, or to Titans rather, but uh, yeah, I mean this show it it's continuing kind of in the same path uh, as as it did in the first episode and it's uh, episode in Titans uh, still a very kind of bizarre kind of vibe, but um, you know it's it, it it's still kind of a slow burn into what they're trying to do. Um, that's why, I, you know, I made the case last week, you know, it being 15 episodes might end up being a lot. Uh, I still feel like, man, we're going to get 15 episodes of this show. You know? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I, when I said last week that, like, oh, it's like the get, it's like uh, Legion, but, like, not as wacky. This week tested <laughs> that theory right. was not it's as wacky. It's pretty close. Yeah. It's, it's, like... Easier to understand in some cases, but like, yeah, it's also very. Bizarre. I mean, they ran it. They jumped into a donkey's mouth and ended up in right, like, exactly 
in like visions of like their past lives or lives they could have had. It's pretty crazy. That, that, so, yeah, I mean, that goes that goes without the whole stuff we had with Crazy Jane this week. Right. You know, and I, I, I do wonder how they're gonna end up dealing with that character. I, it's gonna I feel like I mean they want it to be confusing, but like I don't know. I feel like there's a way in which they can make it easier to follow with doing her character. Like Well it's, know, yes, I think it's, it's gonna be easier by the, the audience. I think it's gonna be a lot easier by the end of the season. I think we yeah, gotta get, I think we gotta get used to it. And remember, there's 64 personalities. I think we've only been introduced to maybe seven or eight. Like I feel like like Which a lot like, of them, a lot of them like we've seen like over bizarre. and over again. Right. Well, I think it's them like, trying to help us out. Like I, yeah, yeah. I just don't want it to be like oh yeah, in episode ten, you know, by episode ten we've seen fifteen, sixteen, and it's like I mean I guess it's gonna be the gimmick, but like at some point it's, I feel like it's gonna get annoying. Another character. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, maybe it'll get, maybe it'll get old. I, it hasn't got old for me because like it really has tested like the acting chops of Diane Guerrero. I mean, I've enjoyed just watching that, just like seeing this person go from different character, to different character in within mid scenes, you know, and having it have to seem convincing. I think she's. I feel great like we've so seen far. this trope before, but it's generally it's like, oh yeah, you know, they've got like, you know, they're playing like three, you know personalities or four or five that's easier to follow but when you tell me they're 64 and i gotta be like wait is this the same as the last one i also but i also you feel know, like i they remember f- their names and their names right. are kind of bizarre and it's like i also feel like they kind of helped her a little bit because a lot of the characters are like a little similar like some a lot of them are surly a lot of them like want to say you know right. f off like so yeah, like exactly so like that's, and then that's a little why, bit that's where it gets confusing where it's like that's the same person or right. that like you know, or they're supposed to be a different person. Like crazy, power, Jane, like crazy Jane and Hammerhead are kind of similar. Like they're right. both intense, have intensity. They want to use f bombs and be like you know, raunchy, so to speak. But uh, what do you think of Cyborg? Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I like Cyborg. You know, I want to see how he. Uh, like I said, I want to see how he. Does it matches with the Titans? If and when, yeah, crosses over with the Titans, but uh. It definitely gave me the uh, the impression that uh, that will be what happens. I mean, I, I tell you what, that, I don't think his ultimate thing is being a part of the Doom Patrol. I tell you what, I was surprised that this ty- this cyborg was like a seasoned, well known hero. Like that was a twist that I did not expect to see happening. I thought he would be someone who like has been cyborg for a little bit, but I mean, he's like the wasn't pro- a superhero, yeah. Right, he's like the protector of Detroit. And, yeah. like, his dad talking about how, oh, you keep doing this, like, you'll be Justice League. Like, I mean, like, this is not like, oh, like, I, I still hate my father and, like, I just stopped playing high school football. Like, this is <laughs> a guy who's a superhero, pretty much. Um, part of me looks at that and says, okay, well, like, why is he running around in a hoodie? Like, that that was a little weird. Like, I think, like, that 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 didn't match. It's like, hey, he's a real superhero, but he's running around in a hoodie. Like, that, that doesn't <laughs> quite work. I know you got like you know limitations because of the you know the budget and the CGI that would be needed to make that work. Uh, I mean, look, it's he's a tar- he's a hard character to do on television. So like the limitations on like what they could do with him in regards to like his look were obvious to me when I watched. But if you just lose yourself in the show, like I think his acting was really good. I liked I liked that they went with a different approach. That he is like a very seasoned hero, a guy who's like right on the cusp of being like one of the greatest heroes in the world probably um 
And I, I thought his temperament did, like, match well with the rest of the team. Because, like, he's kind of, like, even though, obviously, he's, like, you know, a walking computer, he's also, like, you know, so, he's, like, the most normal one out of all these people, clearly. And seeing him kind of interact with the rest of these, like, misfits uh, was, was, was funny. Um, a lot of it was really great stuff. And uh, this episode, again, like, really brought you some really crazy moments, seeing him in his origin uh, and make Mr. Nobody, making him relive that. Uh, Mr. Nobody kind of, you know, seeing, like, people that went into his realm, so to speak, knowing that, like, oh, like, for, for him, like, showing him, like, his greatest life is not going to work. Like, he's too good. Like, he's too trained. Like, he'll know, like, this is something that's fake. So I'm just going to just make your life a living hell, make you relive something you didn't. It didn't work out. Whereas the other two, he goaded them and baited them with like a life that they could have. How like even that was like pretty smart in terms of, like a villain standpoint. And I think it's dope that the villain is narrating the story because he's so biased against them and like he speaks about how awful they are, even though they actually are awful. So like it kind of makes sense. Um, and I also uh, I also uh, dig that the villain um, breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, I like that. I mean, he broke the fourth wall almost immediately. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. But I thought this was another really solid episode. I, I, this episode, this show to me is going to be a winner. Like, I, I would be shocked if this show, like, completely fell off this season. These first two episodes, I, I was glued to watching. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think this, I think this show, like, they know what they're doing. They have a magnetic cast. Like, I mean, like, I, like, Robot Man is, uh, Brandon Fraser is, is killing that role. Like him, like freaking out after like the whole yeah. <laughs> closed up. Yeah, like, that was funny. I mean, he, he he's been great, but the whole again the whole cast has been really good, you know. Um, any last thoughts on this before we uh, wrap up the show, guys? Um, uh, no, I mean I'm just looking forward to more episodes. I think this show's been really good so far, and uh, you know, um, I don't know. I just want them to keep keep it up. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing how this season goes. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much the same. You know, I, this is gonna be a uh, definitely gonna be a grind. These episodes are definitely also longer than the average show. I think that's yeah. They like probably what yeah, they push an hour longer. Yeah, so, um, but I mean, they're definitely putting a lot of production quality into it. So. Yeah, I was kind of impressed by like the CGI in these episodes, like with like the whole and. Like a lot of some of the stuff they've done has like been really good, I mean, which I mean they're trying to do a great job, but I feel like the production value in this show is way better than Titans. To me, I don't know about that. I wouldn't say way better. I still feel like the effects. I, would, I, would I think the stuff they did with the hole and and re-entering the hole and putting people back out, well, like that stuff looked good. What I'll say is, I think they're doing Titans less didn't try ambitious doing like stuff that. than Titan. Yeah. I think Titans is trying. Titans is trying to do Beast Boy and Raven and like Starfire. Like there's certain things they can't. It's just I, not going to look. I think that's way less ambitious than what we've seen from this show. Yeah, that's why. That's actually I was I was going to make the opposite argument. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that. I mean, I think Titans. They had a I hole just, in the ground. I was gonna say I, I just don't think Titans has done as much, but I think Titans has done pretty well. And, and, and Rita was like a blob person going down the street. I mean, the, right. I, I I think they've tried to do way more. Titans again. Every time they done this, this all could have looked disastrous, and I think it's all looked really good. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's looked good. Yeah. So, so that's been surprising to me. 
but I'm, I'm happy to see that they've, you know, I think they have a great CG team clearly working with them uh, to maximize the budget that they have. I, I'm loving this show. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to watch next week's episode and see what happens. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. You'll catch us next week. Um, I likely won't be on the show. I'm, I will be out of town, but Kendall and Shamar will hold it down as they normally do. Uh, be sure you can check out all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And tune in. Uh, you can catch us on face on YouTube, New Generation Media. We have plenty of uh, new videos up, so make sure you subscribe to our channel. Make sure you like our videos. Also, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, New Generation Media. We're on Twitter, at New Generation Pod. And we're on Instagram, at New Generation Podcast. You can follow Shamari on Instagram and Snapchat, MTSham22. Follow me on Twitter, uh, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, ActionEJ. That does it for now. Again, we'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.